You're listening to Your Financial Compass with Scott Vallon. These shows are designed to provide information to both pre- and post-retirees so you can make well-informed decisions about your financial future. Our Financial Compass process goes beyond traditional holistic planning. We care as much about you and your lifestyle as we do about your plan. At the Bullman Wealth Group, we want to help you define what matters most and inspire you to go and do it. Your host is Bullman Wealth Group financial advisor, Scott Vallon, who for more than a decade has made a difference in his clients' lives by providing financial leadership. Hello there, this is Scott Vallon with the Your Financial Compass podcast, and I am a financial advisor with the Bullman Wealth Group in Roseville, and I'm happy that you're tuning in. We're getting more and more feedback every week. Uh, about folks that are enjoying the show, picking up information that, that they find useful. Uh, I think we're over 10 shows deep now, so things are, are coming along with that. And like I always say, if there's something that you hear in this episode and you want to reach out, chat further, the best way is to reach out to us at ask at bullmanwealth.com. So that's A-S-K at B-U-L-M-A-N wealth.com. And I also want to give a quick shout out to my wife, Julie, who, uh, when you hear a female voice in the intro, that is her. So my wife has a a background in uh, TV journalism or broadcast journalism uh, and a former career of hers. So I thought, who better than to read the intro than her? So thank you for that. With that said, you guys, I got a couple topics that I wanted to delve into today. One of them is because it's coming up more and more with clients that I've been dealing with, um, and I thought, why not touch, you know, touch on it in an episode? Um, and that is empty nesters. You know, and what does it mean when, say, you know, I, know, I don't know the stats on the number of children or adult children still living with parents, but it's, I know it's higher than it used to be. So that's a very you know, informal way of saying it. Uh, but more and more kids are, are coming, you know, maybe after school or after college, you're coming back and living at home, but eventually they leave and it, we become empty nesters. And, um, but there's some research that we'll dive into that's showing that these empty nesters in many cases are falling behind in the retirement planning even after their kids leave, which you know, generally we want to be the opposite. So we're going to dive into that here in a few minutes. And then the other part of the show as we always talk about a retirement income plan with the stress on income, hey, we've been working for years, we're going to retire, where is the money coming from? And that's a big part of it, and we've had a show on that uh, in the past. But today, I want to talk about having a plan for your life, like you know, beyond the money. What do we do with our time when we're used to working 30, 40, 50 hours a week in our careers, and then we stop? What do we do next? And it can't always just be, oh, I want to travel. You're not traveling 52 weeks a year in most cases. So that's going to be part two of the show is like having a plan for your life. I'll bring up some examples of clients that I deal with um, and, and talk through those. And then just a few tips and things that I think you might find valuable. Uh, but with all that said, we will start with what I call empty nesters and lifestyle inflation. You know, in many instances when, uh, you know, someone becomes an empty nester, I'm sure it's a sad day. Maybe not every time, but, you know, my kids are young. They're eight and six. I'm many years away from this, so I can't quite relate, but I'm sure I'll be sad. My wife probably more sad than me. But anyhow, 
it is a sad moment. I have, I had some clients just recently that they're entering that phase. And what we're finding out, though, is once these kids are moving on, you would think your home situation would be totally different, which it is, but your financial situation will be completely different. Because you, I always joke that when a child leaves, normally they go off the quote-unquote payroll. They're not there. They're not eating food. It, it just gets cheaper. And what we would hope is we can take some of those funds and maybe put them elsewhere to save. But although you may assume that saving for retirement is simpler when you have an empty nest, research, research has shown that you know many parents are actually falling behind. And, and there was a recent study from the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College. And it said that many parents may not be keeping up with the retirement savings goal after their children leave home, despite less of a burden. And, and there's a few reasons why. So let's go through the reasons and then kind of go through what are ways around that and some, some potential corrections. Because you, if this is you or it's going to be you soon, you can begin to pinpoint potential problems and, and get out ahead of it. Some of the reasons that they found in this study is empty nest parents, in many instances, the kids leave home, but they're still debt. The kids might have college debt, and, and many parents are taking it on themselves to pay that off. So they're paying down this debt, and that takes a while. And while the child leaves and we save some money on the day-to-day, the, -day, the food, what have you, there's still that looming debt. So the study showing that a lot of folks are still paying into the debt. Many parents could are continuing to provide financial support. You know, after we've been supporting them for many years and they decide to leave, maybe they move out of town or into their own apartment or into their own house or, or what have you, a lot of parents are still offering support financially. And while in one regard that's great, another regard it's like, well, we can't totally neglect our own situation because, you know, most empty nesters are going to be in their 50s, 60s and, and approaching retirement. Generally, that's when we want to start to shift our focus. Uh, you know, back to back to ourselves, and we'll come back to that. Um, another reason that they found in the study is the studies show that empty nest parents tend to work less once their kids leave, and that one kind of surprised me. Where you think, hey, the kids are home, I'm gonna gonna work less to help help out with them, and once they're gone, I can you know solely focus on work. I guess I would have thought it would have been the opposite where the parents can really get back to work, working more, focusing almost solely on the work and, and earning more income. And obviously with that, if the study shows that parents are working less, we're earning less, which means we're saving less. So those are some of the problems. It was a surprising study. Like I said, it came from the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College, but it really sheds light because there's so many more kids that are living with their parents we hope at some point they leave, and that's where we have to be really mindful. And I tell my clients this all the time, we can't lose focus on ourselves in terms of saving for our retirement. Uh, I just started re working recently with a married couple in, in their late 50s, and, and one of the first things they told me is, we're finally empty nesters. And you know they were sad in one, one regard. They said, we've had our focus almost solely on the kids for a long time, now we need to catch back up and catch back on track in terms of their retirement savings. Having kids is not cheap. You know, I can certainly <laughs> attest to that. Um, and my kids still aren't even that old yet. But having children is, is expensive. In what we would think in an ideal situation is once the kids leave, 
that should leave extra money in our pockets. And that's where, you know, these clients of mine now, when we first started talking, they said, we want to put the focus back on us and we need you to show us how to get there in terms of, you know, we have uh, $4,000 extra a month or whatever the number is. That was their number. But we have all this extra money because we're saving it. We really start need to start putting money aside. So to catch back up, because a lot of times, you know, over the years while kids are still at home, focuses on them, both mindset and being physically there, but also being and emotionally there, but also being financially there. When they're not there, we want it and we have to be mindful about shifting our focus back to saving into these accounts. And, and so that's really, you know, what we're talking about here. So with all of that said, you know, we start to wonder where can we start putting this money? If ideally the kids are leaving and we know that and we're able to discipline ourselves to save money, we will just kind of quickly walk through where can that money go to help build up for us? You know, the first place is if you're still working, we got our 401k. A lot of folks we've talked with over the years while the kids are still young or high school age, even college, a lot of money is funneling that way and we're not maxing out our 401ks or if we have a Roth 401k. So the first step is to look into, am I maxing that out? And we had a podcast a couple of shows ago about what the new figures are. But say you're over the age of 50, I'll just a quick refresher. If you're over the age of 50, still working, you can put in up to $30,000 a year in a traditional 401k or Roth 401k. So the point is, the first place is start funding those back up. If we're not maxing those out, start maxing out if possible, if we have extra money uh, from the kids leaving, maybe we are maxing that out and we maxing that out, and we still have some catch up to do from from maybe some lost savings over the years of of dealing with the kids. The next place is, you know, depending on our income situation, we might be able to do an IRA outside of work. Definitely a traditional IRA, in some cases a Roth IRA. But another place I like to look is what's just called a a brokerage account. It might be an individual brokerage account owned by one parent or a joint brokerage account where we can both own it and uh, you know both parents can be on it and that's another place to funnel money. So, you know, we're not going to dive deep into how that's invested. That's not the topic of today. What I really wanted to talk about in this portion was don't let yourself get behind. Enough of us are getting behind and t- putting money aside while our kids are still living at home. How can we get out ahead of it once we know they're leaving? And, you know, hopefully there's something you picked up from this, but I'm talking with more and more folks that are entering this boat and just knowing that it could be a problem. If again, this could be you and the kids are leaving in a year, start to map it out now. Okay. Generally our budget is 6,000 a month and a thousand of that's going towards the kids. Once they leave, that should technically free up a thousand dollars that could be saved elsewhere. So don't let yourself get behind what I call you know, the lifestyle of inflation once we become empty nesters. And again, if that's something you want to talk about further or you want more specific things, you can reach out to us at ask, A-S-K at BullmanWealth.com. But that's a quick glance over that of what the research shows has become an issue. So then we segue into this next section that I referenced at the beginning of the show, and it's having a life plan for retirement. So maybe we are entering retirement and, and we're, maybe we're there already. Maybe we're, we're there within one year, two years. 
But not only do you want to have a plan for your income, meaning how are we going to pay bills? Maybe I have a pension or I'll have Social Security or you have rental income or you're pulling money from investment accounts. Obviously, we need a financial plan and a retirement. Where's the money coming from? And we've had a show on that in the past. But what I want to look at now is having a plan for, okay, the money side's covered. What am I going to do with all my time? I've been used to working 40 hours a week for decades. Now I'm done. What's next? And for some people, they are chomping at the bit to be retired. I I saw a good client of mine, Jim, yesterday, and we were talking and joking. He's been retired now for just over a year. And I said, hey, how's it going? What do you do? He said, whatever I want. He said, I'll do whatever I want. His thing is he likes, he just bought a new German short hair dog. He likes to spend time. The dog's really energetic. They go hunting, uh, takes the dog to the lake. He just likes having the freedom to do whatever he wants. And at the same time, uh, he, they're going, him and his girlfriend, longtime girlfriend are going on a trip to Alaska here later this uh, spring. But for him, it wasn't hard to find things to do. He, he was working 60 hours a week for years, and he's like, I cannot wait to be done because I just want to enjoy my time, be leisurely. His girlfriend was kind of making fun of him. He sleeps until 8, dog wakes him up, and then they putter around all day. But that's where he finds enjoyment. That might be you. Maybe you have a laundry list of things to do and things you're waiting for, be it more golf or any number of things which, which we'll get into. But for some of us, it's easy. Hey, I know what I'm going to work more on music or I'm going to uh, take up a hobby. But a lot of our clients like to travel and they say, hey, once I retire, I'm going to be what used to be a, a week long vacation is now going to be a month long vacation. And that's great. And, and that's part of the income planning side of things is how much do we need a year for the travel budget. But that's still only a part of, the, of our time that we need to cover. So sometimes I'll have clients ask me, you know, well, you know, what do you think? What are other folks that you're working with? What do they do, you know, to pass their time? And then some of the things that have come out over the years is a big one is, is volunteering. You know, a lot of clients of ours, they like to volunteer. Maybe it was something they had a, they really have a heart for it, but they couldn't focus much on it during their working years and they can, can, volunteer at a church or a charity or wherever a lot of them like to pour time into that and you know, sometimes that can be as many hours any place that's taking volunteers they're they're willing to have you as long as you'll be around be it you know for in a given week say 20 25 hours what have you but volunteering is a big thing that comes out um, another thing that comes up is um, taking up a, a new instrument you know, I've always said I'm really into music. I like making it, but I'm still not musically inclined in terms of like playing an instrument. I can play the drums a little bit, but I would love to learn how to maybe play the piano or play the guitar. My daughter's eight, plays guitar, play, takes lessons. Right now, I don't have the time for that. That might be something that, you know, in, in, once I retire, I'll focus on. But the point is, some of us can segue into that instrument we always wanted to play. Or I have a client where he played guitar off and on for years but couldn't find the time to do it. Now that he's retired, he travels around and they play at different bars and venues with with his buddies. So sometimes a musical instrument comes up. I have a few clients I work with are going back to school. And, you know, they can take night courses or community college courses or, or online courses. There's an endless array of things to pour into, you know, in terms of, of courses. Maybe you want to learn a language or um, what have you. 
So that's a big one that comes up. Obviously, travel, we already touched on that. You know, it's one of the things that comes from that is if we're just sitting around doing nothing and we don't have much to do, it can wreak havoc. And, and you know, you don't need me to psychoanalyze things. But the flip side of that is having something to look forward to and do on a day-to-day when you're no longer working, It just it's a commitment to your health in terms of you know, mentally, physically, maybe you're going to go to the gym more. That's a big one where folks are going to the gym. Hey, I've been putting it off or I was going once a week. Now I can go six times a week or five times a week. So it helps us physically, mentally, socially, volunteering or, you know, joining a, um, like we said, getting back into a classroom environment. But there's a big emotional health part of it. Or some of it is spending more time with our family. I have a lot of clients where they, uh, they can help be, you know, they're a grandmother, for example, or a grandfather or both. They're doing a lot of time watching their grandkids. That that can be taken advantage of in some situations, maybe if kids are handing, if their kids are handing off their grandkids too often. But in most instances, the grandparents love that. And, and having that to look forward to, I have a client, she's moving into a granny home part-time to be with her daughter who just had their second kid. So she's literally going to be on site taking care of her new grandchild. But these are all the different things that you can do and there's things that you can find to do, even if it doesn't come right to mind. You know, there are things that we can find if we really sit down and think about it. Or you talk to your significant other. One of you, one of the two of you might have a big hobby and uh, maybe you can pour into that. If one of person likes to play golf and the other doesn't or hasn't played much, maybe you look into their hobby and kind of pour into that and, and see if that's something you enjoy. Then you can enjoy it together. We're always so focused, a lot of people, on just the income aspect of things, the money. How do I make sure I don't run out of money? Obviously, that is a big thing and a box that we need to check, but it's that time aspect. What are you going to do? And just making a to-do list. You know, it might be a lot of people are doing redecorating, they're doing remodeling or a new roof or all these different things that you can, you know, put time into. And another one that comes up a lot, especially here in California, is a lot of folks entering retirement want to leave. California is a great state, a lot of great things, but it's really expensive. Taxes are high. And a lot of the people that we're talking with and just, you know, either as clients or as friends or, you know, parents of friends, relocation's a big thing. There are certain states that Californians like to move to. And if wherever you're hearing this, you might not be in California, but relocation sometimes is a big thing where, um, so I grew up in Michigan. You know, maybe you buy a vacation home, you're going to move up north Michigan part of the year, or you're going to move um, down to Florida. But one of the cool things about relocation is it adds a whole new adventure, like you're opening a new chapter. Okay, I've lived in the state for 50, 60 years. I'm ready to retire and move on. I have a retirement home out of state. Maybe the taxes are more favorable. But there's something cool about going somewhere and just being able to explore a whole new territory. I think some people, that's a bit daunting and intimidating, and they'd rather have their own home they're used to. But there's so many people that are talking about relocation. So relocation on its own is a big task to do in retirement. So that's what I challenge you to do is find out, you know, let us help you find out the monetary aspect, but also find out how are you going to spend your time. And we can show you how to, you know, get the money to do that. 
in terms of, you know, if it's a hobby that's going to cost money or travel or relocation. But I stress and challenge you to find how are you going to fill your time in your retirement years when you're no longer working. So we're at the over the 20 minute mark. I always try to keep these lean and mean. If you've been listening, I really appreciate it. And, you know, if you get a chance, wherever you're listening to this from, be it Spotify, directly from our website, Audible, Apple Podcasts, leave a review and and just let us know what you think. That's always helps because it helps get the word out more. Um, But I do appreciate you listening. And to next time, we will talk to you soon. This show's content is for information purposes only. It is not intended to provide any tax or legal advice or provide the basis for any financial decisions, nor is it intended to be a projection of current or future performance or an indication of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Opinions expressed are solely those of Bullman Wealth Group and our editorial staff. The information contained in this material has been derived from sources believed to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed accuracy and completeness and does not purport to be a complete analysis of the materials discussed. Any statements of opinions expressed should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of any state other than the states where otherwise legally permitted. Advisory services are offered through Chris Bowman Inc., DBA, Bowman Wealth Group, and Brookstone Wealth Advisors, registered investment advisors. Insurance products are offered and sold through Chris Bowman Inc., DBA, BWG Insurance Agency.